Talking About You with Estra, Season 8, Episode 74. We're here Monday through Friday from 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you for being here today because each and every day that you are with me, I appreciate us sharing information, ideas, and comments. And why is this? Because it makes us all better people. Today will be our last day on the topic of why are you poor? And I hope you've gotten some good ideas and some things to think about to maybe help you to be your best advocate and move you in the direction that's best for you. So why are you poor? What are you paying for? You can always start with that. Is it co-pays for medical bills, prescription drugs? And do you have enough money left after you pay those daily cost of living things and unexpected costs? Where do you end up? Is it probably being poor? Probably so. But that's okay because long as you start from somewhere and move forward, you've got some place to go. Now before I get into this, of course, I want to spend this last day on minutes with a purpose. Being made whole after a car accident, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Like I always say, personally, I just love to exhale. (sighs) You know, because what? We keep a whole lot of stuff inside and we need to kind of release some of that stuff. But Minutes with a Purpose today is about being made whole after a car accident. So place your three top ways of doing something, or actually your three top ways that you think would actually make you whole after a car accident. Now personally, I believe self-love is really healing. So make sure that whatever your three items are, it helps you to be whole. And the purpose of your life provides direction. So make sure that you have something about that in there too. Being made whole provides recovery of a lifetime. It allows people to actually move forward. So you have to have those things. They can be financial, spiritual, emotional, whatever it takes to make you whole. Whatever you lost after a collision. It's really important to be able to analyze where you are and where you need to go and where you've been because they all add ideas to your life. Another thing I just want to make uh, or to bring to your attention is online prescription history. I think this is something most people aren't aware of, but a lot of times most medical professions have access to your prescription drugs no matter where you what you've taken them for. So you need to know that and be aware that your information is out there for everyone to see. So when you go to the pharmacy tomorrow, the next day, or maybe the beginning of next year, and all of a sudden your information is there and your pharmacist already has what they need to actually process your prescription drugs, no, it's because now it's basically like this huge database out there for everyone to be able to go out and take a look at perhaps not everyone but maybe more people than you prefer to be able to know your whole history is probably out there the company's name is SureScripts that's S-U-R-E-C-R-I-P-T-S and there's probably a few more of them out there but if you're doing a search do one on that and you'll see 
that they've actually really started getting into that. And I will actually, probably before this year is over, do a actual full show, maybe even a full week, depending on the information I can find on this new way of uh, recording our information. Because if you don't know what's being kept on you, you may not know how to respond to things. And that's so important. Now, I'm so, like I've been saying all week, I've been saying thank you to the Washington legislatures for actually the WAC 3330, right? Because it's just really been very important. I'm sorry, I forgot the 284 in front. So it's WAC 284 30 330. And basically it talks about specific unfair claim settlement practices uh, defined. And to me that's so important. And I was so happy to see that the majority of insured civil rights legislation can be found in this section. They just need to add what? Harassment, intimidation. By the way, President Trump's been talking about presidential harassment. I'm thinking he needs to actually check into insured harassment against policies if he wants to see something that's, to me, very derogatory and needs to be changed. And our legislatures need to add that other piece to this process. It's so very important. But let me take a moment here and actually, usually I've gone through, we're actually getting up in the numbers, uh, for the uh, WAC 284 I've been going back through and, and doing each one so that you're, be, you're able to see that. We're actually on number 11. But this is so important, I believe, about you knowing what your rights are and, and things that when you're dealing with insurance companies, what they can and what they cannot do, that I'm taking the time on every show to actually stop and go back through this. And, and to me, it's just important to know. So I'm going to just read through 1 through, uh, what is it, 10, I believe. I Or did we do 11? Uh, no, I think we're on 11 now. And we're on 11. I guess I need to make sure before I get started here. Uh, we're on 11 through 16, and so I'm going to go through 1 through 10 rather quickly uh, and just know that you can actually go out there and, and do a search on these if you want more information. But I want to spend more time today on 11 through 16. So number one is misrepresenting pertinent facts or insurance policy provisions. Number two, failing to acknowledge and act reasonably promptly upon communication with respect to claims arising under insurance policies. Number three, failing to adopt and implement reasonable standards for the prompt investigation of claims arising under insurance policies. Number four, refusing to pay claims, excuse me, refusing to pay claims without conducting a reasonable investigation. Number five, failing to affirm or deny coverage of claims within a what reasonable time after fully completed proof of loss documentation has been submitted. Number six, not attempting in what good faith to effectuate prompt, fair, and equitable settlements of claims in which liability has become reasonably clear. In particular, this includes an obligation to promptly pay property damage claims to innocent third parties in a clear liability situation 
if two or more insurers share liability, they should, not you, they should arrange to make appropriate payments, leaving to themselves the burden of apportioning liability. Number seven, compelling a first-party claimant to initiate or submit to litigation, arbitration, or appraisals to recover amounts due under an insurance policy by offering substantially low, uh, substantially less than the amount ultimately recovered in such actions or proceedings. Number eight, attempting to settle a claim for less than the amount to which a reasonable person would have believed he or she was entitled by reference to written or printed advertising material accompanying or part of an application. Number nine, making a claim payment to a first-party claimant or beneficiary not accompanied by a statement setting forth the coverage under which the payment is being made. Number 10, asserting to a first-party claimant a policy of appealing arbitration awards in favor of insured, that's you, or first-party claimants for the purpose of compelling them to accept settlements or compromise less than the amount awarded in arbitration. So that tells you there's a few things going on that you need to really be paying attention to. Are you awake yet today? I hope so. Because also, it's a Friday, and it's, it's really been uh, an amazing day. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to start with number 11, and this is where we're going to have a little bit more discussion today. Delaying the investigation or payments of claims by requiring a first-party claimant or his or her physician to submit a preliminary claim report and then requiring subsequent submissions which contain substantially the same information. What do I call number 11? I call it playing games with people, right? Delaying, slowing things down. And why is that? Because they know poor people are what? Poor people, and they don't have enough resources or financial uh, abilities to be able to do things without getting back on track pretty darn quick. Number 12, failing to promptly settle claims. Did you hear that? I have to say that probably three more times, okay? Failing to promptly settle claims. This happens, in my opinion, far too often. Where liability has become reasonably clear under one portion of the insurance policy coverage in order to influence settlement under, under other portions of the insurance policy coverage. And that's why you have to be able to read your policy, then know what your rights are in your state. I wish that we can get all of these under federal law so they're all the same no matter what state you're in. A lot of times now they're talking about laws where that's actually true, where if it's it's true in one state, it should be true in the next. So, hey, if you've gone out and you've actually found the same information for your state other than Washington, let me know. It's important for us to share information. I need just to know where it is in your state so that I can also let other people know too. All right, number 14. What did I do? Uh, let's see, no, I'm going to go back over 13 just in case I missed it. Failing to promptly provide a reasonable explanation of the basis in the insurance policy in relation to the facts 
or applicable laws for denial of a claim or for the offer of a compromise settlement. A lot of times uh, it's almost like they know that they can just bulldog you, and that's to me just not right. And that's why I'm really glad to see this in writing so that you know that if you are being denied a claim, you can fight for it. You don't have to give up and say, well, the insurance company said this is it. You have an insurance commissioner in your state. Frankly, I haven't found them to be much help. There are attorneys out there. Some of them will be helpful, in my opinion. Others won't because they have too much money invested uh, with insurance companies, and they may have 5, 10, 20 other people um, that they've got claims out with that same uh, insurance company. So you have to just kind of be careful. You know, if you're swimming with sharks, you know, you might need a, what they call a harpoon to be able to get something out just so that it's the right thing. So just don't be afraid or intimidated. And recognize that some people do lie, and that includes insurance companies. So you have to call them on the BS if you catch it, because I assure you they won't won't let you know. Let me go on. Number 14, unfairly discriminate against claimants because they are represented by a public adjuster, right? So that's telling you that it's not like Manafort, who's got, what is it, 47 months of for something most people would have gotten a lot more time for. But public adjusters probably don't have a whole lot of time, and you don't have a whole lot of money, so a lot may not be put in. But sometimes you have to decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to do some of this on my own. I'm going to do some of the legwork. I'm going to find out about it. I'm going to find out what happened with other people and their claims. I'm going to find out what kind of insurance company do I have? Do they have a reputation of doing things that are inappropriate? And if they do... Who they do it to? And more importantly, what's the name of the attorney that defended them? Because you want somebody who's going to fight as hard for you as possible. Okay, number 15. Failing to expeditiously honor drafts given in a settlement of claims. A failure to honor a draft within three week, three working days after notice of receipt by the pay by the payor, sorry, by the payer or payer bank will constitute a violation of this position uh, provision. Let me try that one again. Uh, and I'm on number 15. Failing to expeditiously honor drafts given in settlement of claims. A failure to honor a draft within three working days after notice of receipt by the payer bank will constitute a violation of this provision. So they better pay you out within three days. Dishonor of draft for valid reasons related to the settlement of the claim will not constitute a violation of this provision. And I'm sure, like many things, that kind of opens up far too many doors for insurance companies. But the main thing is try to find someone who will be respectful and treat you right and will pay your benefits or settlements. Okay, number 16. Failing to adopt and implement reasonable standards for the processing and payments of claims after the obligation to pay has been established. You know, one of the things I question I have is who made the decisions that insurance companies should be the ones to make this decision, especially when they're the ones who uh, end up losing if they have to pay out. So how can you convince someone who's supposed to be paying you out to be fair? I don't know. Maybe the insurance commissioner can let us know. 
because I, I really don't see how that happens very often, except as to those instances where the time for payment is governed by statutes or rules or is set forth in an applicable contract. Well, and that contract is usually what? Your insurance policy, and that's why you have to take a close look at it. Procedures which are not designed to deliver payment, okay? whether by check, draft, electronic fund transfer, prepaid card, or other method of electronic payment to the payee in payment of a settled claim within 15 business days after receipt by the insurer or its attorney of properly executed releases. That means you decide that you're accepting whatever the settlements or benefits are and you're going to not hold the insurance company uh, harm, any more harmful harmless okay in the situation so basically what you're saying is you're agreeing to the terms and it's settled okay where are we here let's see settled claims within 15 business days after receipt by the insurer or its attorney of properly executed releases or other settlement documents are not acceptable where the insured is obligated to furnish an appropriate release or settlement document to the claimant it must be it must do so. It must do so within 20 working days after the settlement has been reached. Okay, so definitely want to be able to see that there's an ending there. I'm going to actually just go ahead. There's three more. I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Number 17, delaying appraisals or adding to their costs under insurance policy appraisal provisions through the use of appraisals from outside of the lost area. The use of appraisers from outside the lost areas is appropriate only when unique nature of the loss or the lack of competent local appraisers make the use of out-of-the-air appraisers necessary. And that might have been when we had all those fires. And this is not as with the auto insurance, but I just wanted to use an example that I thought maybe we could relate to to some degree, and that would be all the fires that were in California. And I'm sure they had appraisers coming from other states to try to help out with that. All right, number 18, failing to make a good faith effort to settle a claim before exercising a contract right to an appraisal. And number 19, negotiating or settling a claim directly with any claimant known to be represented by an attorney without the attorney's knowledge or consent. This does not prohibit routine inquiries to a first-party claimant to identify the claimant or to obtain details concerning the claim. Right, so if you have an attorney, they should be using them. Right, so the only thing I can say is if you're going to use one, get one that's really going to be looking out for your interest and not theirs or the insurance companies because that can definitely be a problem. But getting back to our subject, all right, remember that's first of all the WAC for Washington State, it's 28430. 3.30. So go out and take a look, especially if you're in Washington State. So getting back to why are you poor? Sometimes we must also look at our own expectations. Are they high enough? Because sometimes, you know, you get beat down and you're looking from the ground up, right? You need to not be on the ground. Yeah, you can get knocked down. Most commonly, most of us do. But get up, stand up, so you're not exactly on the ground, okay? And see where your, your actual expectations are. If you need to be looking up, 
Set, set your goals high. Not so high that you can't reach them and get discouraged. But just high enough to keep you moving forward. That's what life's about. Are you willing or actually are you allowing other people or employers to guide your directions? Are you listening to yourself rather than others? These are key things. You've got to look introspectively. Examine your thoughts and your ways. Are they in your best interest? Because sometimes we just get so bombarded with trouble and problems and collisions that we forget that we're our best advocates. Sometimes people will recommend things to you and and from their perspective, it might be the best thing they can for you to do. But you're the one with the last say. It's about you and what you need to do for yourself. So don't forget that. Make sure the things that are in the past are not hindering your future, okay? Love yourself and take good care of yourself because that's really where it starts. If you can do that, if you can say, I love me. Can you say that? I love me because you've got to. You've got to love you in the good times. You've got to love you in the bad times. You've got to love you when terrible things happen to you for maybe people you even care about. You still got to love yourself because that's how you, you start up. And you have to keep your hope. Keep hoping. Keep caring. Right? And keep learning. All of those things matter when you're dealing with an auto insurance company and when you're dealing with a collision. I know that you can do that. And I know there's a lot of information now out there on estrascarwreckhelp.com and Estra's blog tips and talking about you with Estra. For to help you to move in that direction. So I hope that you've learned something about why you are poor, that it's not your fault. Okay, uh, There's a lot of biases in our society. In fact, this last week, a lot of people have been talking about the, Man, the Man, Manaford uh, case where he only got 47 months, and a lot of people of color wouldn't even see the light of day because of it. But you just keep moving forward. You keep supporting it. Why don't you go out and subscribe to estrascarbreakhelp.com and let's help to get that other piece of harassment and insured intimidation, uh, bullying, surveillance, all those things. Let's get that last part put in place for Washington State and check where we are in other states too because we all are important and our lives matter. And what we get in benefits and settlements matter too. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate your time and energy. Drop me a line at hashtag Esther's Radio Show and tell me how this has helped you. All right, let's begin a new show on Monday. I know it's going to come around fast. So enjoy your weekend and I'll see you then.